the Rad When they pulled out the the Charlie Brown Christmas song at the end, uh, yeah, that was fucking awesome. Yeah, who's that? Like Vince or Baldy or something? Yeah, yeah, classic. I loved. I was when we saw his concert. I was as excited as well to see uh, Pat Smear. Pat Smear, yeah, that's the guitar player, right? Uh, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. The guy on the right, it's always grinning. Yeah, with the blonde hair. But he also, yeah. he was also, um, if you watch Nirvana Unplugged, he was, uh, he was at that MTV Unplugged thing. So he would play for Nirvana as well. There, yeah, and uh, that, that's actually where Dave and him met right. when they were first touring with Nirvana. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, if you watch the, um, I think it's the Sound City documentary. I'm not sure if it's that one or, or if it's his other show that he did. The Sonic uh, Highway. Sonic Highway. I, yeah. think, I think it was the Sound City because they talked about various um, ways. They, they, like, they had to go through different um, musicians to record in color and shape. Like they had a, they had a touring drummer on with them. Mm-hmm. And when it came to recording color and shape, uh, Dave Grohl kept wanting... The drummer to like play harder, play it better, oh, play yeah, it faster. Yeah, yeah. Um, that I think that is Sound City, mm-hmm. and he ultimately ended up playing the drum tracks, like <laughs> yeah. re-recording them all, right? Because they just didn't rock hard enough to Dave Grohl. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it was that. <clears throat> I think that he that that Sound City documentary is when Dave Grohl was like, you know what? There was this just this chemistry between Pat Schmier and I, and mm-hmm. the, you know he's just now he's just always with the Foo Fighters. Yeah, I thought that was a really cool thing because. Didn't Pat Schmier have some sort of like addiction problem? Did he almost die or something? Oh, I'm sure. I know the I drummer mean, did. And, yeah. You know, a lot of the people that they run run around with I mean, had Pat, some issues. Pat is an old school punk rocker from, you know, he was in a number of punk bands before he ever was with like, Nirvana. With, with Nirvana. Yeah. So, and I can't remember if he's in Bad Brains. I can't remember where he where he's from. Dude's fun. Dude's. Good. I mean, and it's just, it's fun to watch him play because he's always smiling. Mm-hmm. He's just always happy. And I mean, I mean, if I had that job too, I'd probably be smiling all the time. Yeah. Too. But instead we're doing a podcast. I'm producer Brandon and this is producer Amanda. And you're listening to the rad podcast. And uh, thank you for tuning in once again and happy holidays and Merry Christmas. I know that once this is posted and in, in, uh, published, uh, Christmas will already come and gone. 
hopefully Santa came and left you a nice present under the tree. <laughs> a present, a little load of presents. A little load of presents <laughs> they might have dropped off under your tray. Um, and yeah, uh, let's start off with Star Wars. Yes. So we, okay. went, we went and saw Last Jedi mm-hmm. before um, or after we recorded our last episode. Yes. So, um, and we talked about it on the regular show, the Rob Anybody and Dawn show. If you're new to the podcast, that's our uh, normal morning radio show. If you look look up Rob Anybody and Dawn, if you didn't find us through the Rad Radio Show uh, app, that's where you would find our morning radio show that we do aside from this podcast. The terrestrial radio Yes, show. and if you did hear it, um, then this won't be news to you, but we both loved it. Yes. Um, and You, not so much. Okay, though. so I've had time to, to like sit on it and really digest everything. And I do remember when I was watching the movie that I did tend to roll my eyes a lot. Oh. I, I kind of... I had to suspend belief quite a bit in the sake of the because it's Star Wars mm-hmm. and because it's nostalgia and because you you can't if you don't like Star Wars you're probably a loser. Right. <laughs> and I mean the, and to say that that anything Star Wars is bad is, you know, sacrilegious to the nerd world. Yes. But as most nerds will agree the the prequels one two and three the Phantom Menace Anakin Skywalker story was was just pure garbage yeah and this new these new renditions of you know the the Force Awakens Rogue One and now the Last Jedi there's a lot of nostalgia driven uh, critiques oh um, yeah and I I feel like the Last Jedi is the most polarized polarizing now because it feels like everybody is afraid of the common theme that was expressed through The Last Jedi, and that's letting the past die. Right. And killing the past and just moving forward. And I think that that's a good thing. But, yeah, to me, that's exciting. And I, I was all for it. When Kylo Ren, this is not necessarily a spoiler, but when Kylo Ren and Rey are kind of at the pinnacle of the story, and they're both deciding whether or not they're going to kill each other or join forces with each other, mm-hmm. um, there was that moment where Kylo Ren said, let's just let the past die and let's move forward and, and do something different and we'll rule the galaxy in another way. Mm-hmm. I thought that was awesome because they, they up opened up a whole different world of the force right. that was beyond Luke Skywalker, that was beyond Yoda. Mm-hmm. And spoiler alert, Yoda is in the in the movie. And I think that was my favorite part. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny. You love Yoda. Oh, yeah. He's the best. He, he was funny. He was, you know, wise. He did, every, he did everything... That And it was also Frank Oz, original mm-hmm. Frank Oz voice. Mm-hmm. And what I didn't know until recently is they actually used the real puppet. Like oh. they, they, they brought the puppet back and, you know, they gave it that effect to make it look like it was a ghost. But isn't Frank Oz dead? No. Oh. No, Frank Oz, well, he was credited. So, oh, okay. I mean, if he's dead, then we haven't heard about it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Or they're like remaking his voice, but I'm going to look that up. Frank Oz. Um, right, yeah, he's I He's still it, quite alive. Okay, good. Um. I think I kind of went into it being prepared to suspend disbelief. So, like, it it didn't really bother me. I mean, there were some parts where I'm like, okay, this is a little silly, but I'll just buy into it. Like the Leia thing? Yeah. Did you think that was silly, too? It looked a little... Yeah, it was just, like, kind of like, uh, okay. But I was just like, okay... This is why she's able to do that. I'm just going to go ahead and buy into it. I'm okay with mm-hmm. it. Like, and ultimately, I was okay with it. I think we're trained to 
rethink the way that the movie was supposed to be, or rather we're supposed to think, okay, she's still, okay. She got blown out of the spaceship and Mm -hmm. she's floating around in space. Everybody else that was in the, the, the captain's area is dead. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, Princess Leia wakes up from her stupor floating in space after being blown out of the ship. Mm-hmm. And she just wakes up and she starts flying back into the <laughs> into the ship like Mary Poppins. She uses the force. See, and I think we're trained to be like, okay, if we're going to have to make up this sto- this silly storyline, mm-hmm. we'll just go ahead and, and rely on the force to be the reason that she is able to do this. Yeah. But I I just, I don't, I'm not buying it. And I think oh. the only reason that they did it was to keep her alive or keep her in the storyline. Mm-hmm. And I thought that they should have just killed her off right there. And it would have made for a much more dramatic ending because she wouldn't be around. But I'm so glad that she was in. And it was so early on. Movie. Yeah, it was early on in the movie. Uh-huh. So it would be kind of a buzzkill mm-hmm. to, you know, have Carrie Fisher's last hoorah mm-hmm. end in the first 20 minutes of the movie. I think that was like that was one of the the things that I had wrong with it was the Princess Leia thing. Mm-hmm. The Porgs They're so cute. They're cute, but I felt like they were forced. They're, there's, oh, they I don't really it. contribute anything to the storyline. They don't really help in any way. It's like Chewie had one of them on his dash as like a dash ornament or something mm-hmm. and it was screaming as they were fighting. But other than that, it was just like this cute thing i didn't it didn't bother no? me right. no yeah because at least in the at least in return of the jedi the ewoks Helped. served a purpose yeah well i think maybe if it helped Chewie be happy because he made the friends with the porgs you know after he tried to eat them and right? he guilted the porgs guilted him and not eating him yeah i really like that part when yeah. when uh, chewy was trying to eat a fully cooked beautifully cooked by the way man that thing looked tasty yeah. i would eat that thing yeah um and then the porgs are all looking sad that was really cute yeah so i i didn't mind them just like i didn't mind those stupid arctic foxes or whatever the hell those were yeah, and there's that that whole ending thing with with Finn and the in the the chick that works down into the that partnered up with oh, him. Oh, Rose. Yeah, I thought that that whole thing when he could have saved the day at the end. Finn mm-hmm. could Finn was driving his his little speeder into the big battering ram thing, and I thought mm-hmm. that this would have been a great way, great story for him to go down in history as oh. the guy who took down the battering ram. Yeah, and then she's like, "No, I love you," and crashed into him. Yeah, hey. But- in case, did we say spoiler? Oh yeah, spoiler alert! <laughs> I mean, it should be implied at this point. Yeah. So it's been two weeks now, to, almost two weeks that. Oh well, yeah, over two weeks that these uh this video is. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it, you're a loser. Yeah, and get used to the spoilers because they're coming. Yeah. Um, but overall, I think the bottom line is we just want an escape, something fun to watch, mm-hmm. something that we don't necessarily have to think too hard about. Nothing that needs to be super groundbreaking because it's just it's Star Wars. If you think too hard, you're just you're not going to have fun with it anymore. Yeah. And that's what I refuse to do, because I know there are some nerds that get all into, oh, but this and that and da, 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 like Han Solo's dice and all that stuff. Like mm. I, I read a whole thing on, on that. the dice. Yeah. Wow. That and, was such a throwaway thing. Yeah, was, I know. Was, I know. It but, was just a representation of him. Yeah. But then reading online people getting all up in arms about that shit and it's just like i i just want to go and enjoy my star wars 
stop trying to fuck it up. Yeah. You know, so, but there's all, you know, people always got to say whatever. I did see, though, one of the things that I saw online, and I'm not sure if you saw this, but uh, Gary Fisher, Carrie Fisher's French bulldog, that was like her companion <laughs> animal. Yeah. Um, he went to a screening of Star Wars. Oh, my gosh. That's cute. It, yeah. And um, they... The person that got him was her assistant, mm-hmm. and she, um, they, did they did he go to the premiere? Yeah, oh, that's and, awesome. And he was dressed up in a little um, that little orange and white suit, like Luke Skywalker, the rebel, yeah, the pilot, yeah. And so um, they said when she came on the screen and she, and he could hear her voice, his little ears perked up, and he would look at like. It made me cry. That gave me a little bit of a chill just yeah, thinking about that. Yeah, it was so sweet because that, really that was like her soulmate dog. Yeah, I guess, you know, if you're a service animal and you're traveling everywhere with the, with the person, mm-hmm. of course, you hear the voice and you're going to perk up. Oh, Mom, yeah. Is that you? Yeah. That's so really now I follow him on Instagram. <laughs> you follow the dog. Yes. I'm guessing the assistant is the one that's probably running it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wonder who she's assisting now. The dog? She's the just, dog. She's, she's just representing the dog now. Yeah. Or he. I don't know if it's a girl or boy. Gary Fisher? No, no, Oh, the, the assistant. assistant. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. I can't remember the name. That's really funny, Gary. <laughs> Gary uh, Fisher. So, yeah, big uh, big weekend at the movies. I'm glad The Last Jedi was good. And I, I don't care what people think. It, it, I have my favorite Star Wars movies, and, and I know that the newer ones just won't compare to the classics. Oh, they'll never be the they'll same. They'll never be the same. Never. But they'll, you can try and try to, to bring back all this nostalgia that's why, you know, it's so popular to revive TV shows now with The mm-hmm. Fuller House, with uh, Roseanne, Will, Will and Grace. Grace. Yeah. Now they're talking about The Office is going to be coming that. back. Yeah, I saw that. And I want initial reports. Steve Carell's not going to be a part of it. Oh, then fuck it. Yeah, and, and there's, you know, some of the people. They're saying that some of the people will be coming back. So, you know, probably not John Krasinski because he's making too much money now. Yeah, what's he doing now? He's making movies. He's He's... He was in uh, that one movie about the Benghazi. He was in that. Oh, that's right. That's um, right. He's just been doing a lot of movies now. Mm-hmm. He, he was one in, in one movie with Alec Baldwin not too long ago. He just directed and starred in a movie with his wife, Emily Blunt. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a horror movie, actually. And it Ooh. looks it looks really, really good. Dang. But he directed it and he's starring in it. Oh, so, cool. you know, he's busy. He's yeah. a busy guy. Steve Carell's off making a bunch of money doing all the Minions movies. And yeah. So who who are they going to get? You know, Jenna Fisher probably. And, Mindy Kaling. Maybe. Yeah, Mindy Kaling. She's not doing anything right now. Uh, but does she still have her show? Or did she, that get canceled? That got canceled. Oh. She's in the new movie with Oprah The that's going to be a, oh, a Disney yeah, movie. Oh, yeah, The Wrinkle in Time or yeah, whatever. Yeah, The Wrinkles in My Butt. Yeah. <laughs> that, well, she'll be in that. So, you know, um, I, I'm, I'm sure that they'll get her back, but... The way that it ended, though, it, like, pushed in forward in time. So they're going to be doing that thing that they're doing with Roseanne where yeah. they're going to change the ending just for the sake of the revive or just ignore it completely and try to revive this show. I yeah. hate that stuff. Me too. I don't think they should do that. They're just basing it off of nostalgia because they can't come up with any new ideas for themselves. Fucking stupid. Oh, God, I love Hollywood. <laughs> um, but at least we've got, you know... We can have it and we can have fun with it, um, but with Star Wars, you know what? I don't. I don't care what people think. I enjoyed it, and that's all that fucking matters. I did too. I really, I really did. And I mean, I know I kind of, you know, I love Star Wars. So if it's Star Wars, I'm probably gonna love it. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. 
I didn't really care for like the Clone Wars and uh, all those ones. All those movies, I I laugh at those movies because you can count probably a dozen uh, more more often than not. The shots are of a uh, spaceship landing on a planet. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you just really watch closely to these movies, that most of the time all you see is like that we're coming into a planet and we're landing. Like you could yeah. probably we could probably make a drinking game out of it. <laughs> the amount of times ships come in for a landing, yeah, it's like that's I don't know. I always laugh at that because that's like the scene that I see the most predominantly. Right. No, the only I mean there were things that I appreciate out of those movies. Like um, I did like the Anakin. Skywalker storyline and then turning into Darth Vader and then why he turned into Darth Vader. That was I li- you know, I liked to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, yeah. that's the really only thing I cared about. And Obi-Wan Kenobi's story. Yes. Yeah. I hope that they do some sort of like they're doing with the Han Solo. They're, they're doing some sort of origin story with him. Mm-hmm. That just wrapped uh, Ron, Ron Howard uh, just wrapped directing that. Oh, did he? Uh-huh. Oh, I didn't know Ron Howard did that. Uh-huh. Oh, that's cool. That'll yeah. be good. Yeah. Um, so I hope they do something like that with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, me too. And if they did it, I hope they'd pick Ewan McGregor because he was a great Obi-Wan. Oh, he totally was. I like, I like Ewan McGregor. Yeah, I liked him too. And then they're supposedly going to be doing a Boba Fett. Uh, movie, but I don't know. Uh, it'll be all right. I felt like the prequels were kind of a Boba Fett origin Me story. Me too. Because, I mean, we don't know how he became the bounty hunter he became, but right. we, obviously he's the clones. Right. He's the reason why we have the clones and most mm-hmm. of the stormtroopers. So I, 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 liked, I liked that part because we did learn at least we could take away some things from those prequels that, yeah. that we either wanted to get out of, or we got some explanations as to why these things happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, obviously the money shot is Anakin becoming Darth Vader. Yes. And I, and even that in the last one, and I don't remember what it was, duel of the fates or whatever. I think that was one of the songs, but <laughs> um, the last of the prequel, when Anakin finally does become Darth Vader, it happens so fast. Like, He's burned in half. Let's yeah. let's put a suit on him, and it just so happened to be that Darth Vader suit. And he just yeah. gets up and he starts walking around like <laughs> nothing ever happened, nothing burnt <laughs> off or anything. I don't know. He didn't. He doesn't feel as much anymore because he's half robot. I'm not going to get in a fight with you nerds over this <laughs> stupid shit. I just thought that it was a little anticlimactic once he did finally become Darth Vader. Well, I remember when I remember seeing the movie in the theater. And uh, when Darth Vader, when he puts a mask on and he takes that first breath and it's like, I remember getting chills and like cheering when he took that first breath. That was pretty cool. (laughs) That was cool. All right, enough Star Wars talk. Let's oh, talk about right. the other the other thing we started the the podcast off with the Foo Fighters. Woo-hoo! We got this email in from Candace. She says, "Hi, Brandon and Amanda." Hello. Hello. I have not listened to your last podcast, love the name, yet. <laughs> However, I heard there was a lot of Foo Fighter talk. I saw them in Fresno and Sacramento a couple weekends ago. They are awesome. Hell yeah. I have seen them dozens of times since 1995. I hope you see them again. They are playing in December 2018 in the Bay Area. Now, I'm sure they're going to play some other time before that. But Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, da I got to see them many times since 1995. I'm their biggest fan. I had to wait until 2017 to see them. So. Me too. God. 
I was supposed to go whenever they played. Was it the Shoreline in 2015, I think, is when they played before? And I was supposed to go to that, and mm-hmm. I didn't get to go. But my friend got me a T-shirt. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. I, I One of the best live shows I've seen in a long time. And I've been to hundreds of live shows, I think. And, yeah, by far one of the best shows I've yeah. seen. Yeah. Compared to Tool that we saw? Yeah. Um, different. It's like a different feel, huh? Yeah. A Tool show is a different experience altogether. Yeah. And I've seen them probably 15, 16 times. And I got to say, I, I'm... I really love their shows, but they because they haven't come out with any new material in over ten years. Yeah, um, their live shows have kind of become cookie cutter. And oh. I mean, I, I absolutely love them, but they're different now than they were when I first discovered them. So now I find myself seeking more and, and trying to, to spread out more because when you become a toolhead, mm-hmm. like you. You just become engulfed in everything tool. Like right. you, you over obsess about the lyrics, you over obsess about the the timing of the songs, you try to find the hidden meanings behind everything. Like there's so there's such a spiritual level to being a tool fan mm-hmm. that I feel like I've tapped out of it. I feel like I've I've gone through everything that I need to gone through and experienced everything I need to experience. I've taken away everything I need. Mm-hmm. Um so going to the church of tool is just another day for me. It's not like, oh, the, the epitome, like, this is the live show I've been mm-hmm. waiting for. You yeah. Know? See, and for me, this uh, same type of thing. I was supposed to go to Tool a long time ago and ended up having to work or some bullshit. So I wasn't able to go. So this show that would just happen in 2017 was the first live show that I've ever seen. So of Tool? It was, yeah. yeah. So for me, it was amazing. Yeah. Well, and it, it really is. If you have never been to a Tool show before, and if you're on the fence about rock music in general, it doesn't matter what kind of music you're into. You go to one of these shows, it's an experience from from for all the senses. Like, yeah. it makes my dick tingle just thinking Whoa. about it. <laughs> Fuck, I love those shows. Um, yeah, it was, it was really good. Yeah. But so. I... I because I am a Nirvana fan and a Foo Fighters fan, like the getting to see the Foo Fighters live was a really big deal yeah. for me. Yeah, it's, a, it's getting in touch with your childhood, but also seeing one of your heroes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. All right, the next one comes from Philip. It says, Hey, Amanda. Yes. I was listening to episode seven of the podcast. That's the last episode. Um, and you, but I was like, and I can't remember yeah, what the hell we talked about. Well, he's about to remind us. He says, okay. You guys are talking about Jim Carrey, and then you have never really liked him. Is that true? Oh, I think I said I was indifferent, or I just didn't really care about him. Yeah, like, until recently. Well, when you saw the documentary. When I saw the documentary, yeah. I was like, This fucker is amazing. Yeah. So he he goes on to say, uh, but with Jim, the Jim and Andy movie did change your mind. He wanted to, uh, Philip wanted to suggest that you check out his painting documentary. Have you seen this? No. It's only about six minutes long. He is a great painter and his style and message are so great. I really think you'd, you'd like it. I love Jim Carrey before, but this made me love him so much more. I hope you check it out. Um, What's it called? It's. Uh, I, he didn't say what it's called. I have seen it, though. It's just a viral video that, you know how some of these news uh, magazines will do, like, little exposés on on people. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if this was Vice or one of those type of websites that mm-hmm. did this video. And it just follows him around while he's working on painting projects. And he talks oh, about cool. why he's painting now and, and what he gets out of it. 
And it's a lot similar to the Jim and Andy thing, but it's more focused on his just of his view of artist artistry and why he's doing it and all of that. And I think it's because he's kind of acting like because Jim Carrey seems to be have his finger on the pulse of a different type of perspective and different movement. And, yeah. and he's very he's very outside the norm of Hollywood now. Mm-hmm. And it's something very refreshing because mm-hmm. he's looking at things in a different light instead of I'm doing this to be rich and famous. Instead, I'm doing this for me. This is my journey. And you're more than welcome to be to be a passenger along for the ride. Do you think I can find it on YouTube? Yes, it is on YouTube. Okay. So I'll just search uh, Jim Carrey painting documentary or painting interview. Okay. And then since because you brought up documentary and painting, mm-hmm. do you have Amazon? I do. I think it's on Amazon. No, it's, it's either on Amazon or Hulu. Okay. And it's a documentary called Obey. You know that brand, Obey? Yeah. It's like a skateboarder brand or whatever. Mm-hmm. So the artist, Shepard something or other that starts with an F. I he did the Hope painting yes yes yeah that documentary is so great because it shows like the arc of his career and Mm. um the whole just i didn't know the background on him yeah so that was really good and then there's another one called exit through the gift shop oh i love that i I was just thinking about that because the artist you're talking about with the the obey and and yeah he's he's featured in that yes a lot a lot of a lot of street artists are but it's a it's about banksy right yeah, yeah, the Banksy and the the one what is he a filmographer, or videographer, the the joke, trying, the basic, the basically the the whole what the hack. whole thing is you know yeah he's a hack artist yeah. who tried to emulate Banksy's career. Yeah, met Banksy one time and and used that to try to catapult his fame. Where he's just a garbage artist. Yeah, I love how Banksy like totally talks shit about that uh, video documentary that he made yeah. in that movie. It is funny because at the beginning you're like, oh, okay, this is like community artists, and you know yeah. they're all working together. And then all like it, at the turn <laughs> of the documentary, when you find out that, that the <laughs> guy that the documentary is about that's not Banksy is a complete hack. Yeah. Then he just talks shit about him, and you know, yeah. and the the guy who they're the artist that they're featuring, I can't remember his name. Mister Brainwash. Yes, Mister Brainwash. He's doing this grand opening of a of a art exhibit in L.A., and he's like touting it. He's putting basically all of his money and his livelihood into and it. everything he had, his whole life savings, and it bombs. Yeah. And Banksy's like, this is one of the biggest pieces of garbage I've ever seen. <laughs> That is a very good documentary. Yeah. yeah. And I I had no idea about street art or anything like that or, or how deep it really went. Right. Um, until I had seen that documentary. Yeah. So uh, then if you've seen that documentary, I definitely recommend uh, watching the Obey documentary because it's about Shepard and uh, his his career and that Mr. Brainwash, whatever the fuck that guy's name is. I think you're right. Mr. Too. Brainwash. Yeah. He's in it too, but he it's not about him. It's about... Shepherd, so cool. Yeah, yeah. check that out. Um, oh, so you know, we, we'd like to give and get podcast ideas. Um, oh, yeah, and uh, like topics of discussion. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna read this, but I'm also gonna give my honest answer because I don't, I, I have to be somewhat responsible when we're talking about stuff. It's, you know, there's we, we talk about doing things recreationally and, you know, mm-hmm. there there's a line between doing things legally and illegally. And I just want to make sure that I'm doing things right. So I'll read this answer or I'll read this uh, question. And I'll answer it appropriately. It's from Kiefer. 
This is meant to be a pot podcast idea. I'd really love to know where Brandon gets his weed and what dispensary dispensaries are his favorite in the Sacramento or surrounding areas. That's it. Um, oh, okay. He just wants to know where you go for your weed. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Get, I'm not gonna out my weed guy because I do have a weed guy. Um, I am a card carrying medical marijuana uh, holder, so I, I get my my stuff legally. And I'm not gonna say which dispensaries I go to, um, but I will say like the products that I use. Mm-hmm. Um, if because they're they're basically it's universal. So if you go to certain places, to certain dispensaries, they're gonna have. The certain strains that I discuss, mm-hmm. um, I I prefer an indica when I'm at nighttime to relax because it's the downer, and mm-hmm. sativa is the upper. Mm-hmm. I prefer to use a sativa cartridge, which I don't know the brand, Bloomfields or something, um, and it's like a it's like a vape pen, um, yeah. And that's kind of like my day my daily get through the day, take a couple puffs, and it just kind of you know it it does a couple of things. You you have that habit of smoking when you're smoking a cigarette you you Mm -hmm. like that action of putting the cigarette up to your lips and then pulling it down it it kind of uh, quenches that thirst Mm -hmm. to for the routine the the motion of it Mm -hmm. and then it doesn't necessarily do any harm on your lungs because it's all vapor um but then there's the medical element of the thc so i i like to use those cartridges um just for the daily dose of, of what i need um edibles are primarily what i use uh Kiva bars, terabytes. These are things that they're called. They're Is that like that chocolate bar that you had? I do have a chocolate bar. Yeah. And the, the, it comes in like a four squares. And I take like a quarter of each of those small squares of, of, of this bar. Like if you eat the entire bar, you're you're out for days. Mm-hmm. You're just going to sleep. And it's just going to knock you out. Um, but I, I take really low doses now that I've quit drinking. I, I really don't smoke a lot. Oh, and, that's and so. Cool. You know, I don't go to the dispensaries very often anymore. And um, when I do get get my weed, I get it mm-hmm. from a guy, and I I trust I trust this guy. He's a very um, he's a big listener, but he's also a bigger friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and he uses nothing but natural chemical natural chemicals. <laughs> it's all natural growing process, yeah. and it's all indoor. So I got the endo. Oh, and, that's cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how much more I can say, but, you know, it's all responsibly consumed and and I don't do it very much anymore. So, you know, a lot of my acquaintances and stuff, they're weed smokers, too. And they and I've always said that, you know, I have have had such a bad experience with weed and it's just not not enjoyable for me. So they were like, oh, well, you need to try indica, you know, blah, blah, blah. Maybe just try an edible. It hits you differently. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. So earlier in the year, it was, I don't know, March or April. I, it was like one of those gummy things. And there was four, there's four of them. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't enough time. The person I was hanging out with, like, had gone to the kitchen and I took it and ate it. Like the whole not the whole thing, but like one of the four squares. Right. When really, I'm such a fucking lightweight. When that, I should not have eaten that thing. Did you know it was medical gummy? Yeah, but I didn't. Re- I thought it was fine to to do just the one square of it. Okay. You know? Because it was already divided. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it was one of those samples that they were giving away at the at the dispensary. Right. So anyway. I fucking went to outer space. It was so horrible. Earlier this year? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was so fucking horrible. Um, 
But my friend, uh, she just moved to Florida, and she uh, is she had done the um, the CBD oils. Yeah. And so she was like, you know, you should maybe try it because I was telling her about my anxiety and shit. And so she went and got me all this just pure CBD candy and like one's a Jolly Rancher, one's the gummies. And then she got me this other thing that like you put underneath your tongue. Tincture. Yeah, just to just to try. Well, it, no, it's like a it was like a Listerine strip. Oh, those are cool. Yeah, I've seen those. Yeah, so she got me a different ones to to try, and um, I I took it and totally nothing happened. Like it didn't. So it even, didn't help your symptoms, but it didn't make you trip. It didn't make me freak the fuck out. But I mean, I don't know. It didn't. It kind of made me chill out. I think. Okay. I don't know. Um, so that was interesting. You can't but, really tell if unless you actually have psychotropic um, uh, reactions to yeah. weed, especially with you know it's like CBD is almost like you're taking uh, ibuprofen. Yeah. If, if you're trying to ail something like that with that type of product, um, you know if you're ingesting it that way, then you're probably just gonna feel like oh I'm I'm a little bit more looser. I can yeah. kind of move my back a little bit more. Yeah, and I had I had had a headache. My headache went away, so that was cool. Oh, there you go. Um, but she had one of those things that you're talking about, those vape pens, but it, and it was mostly CBD, but there was THC. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, uh, I'm too afraid yeah. to do any type of THC because the reaction that I had, it's like I died. Mm. I don't know how to explain it. It's a totally different realm of consciousness That's that I went into. Yeah. yeah, no, it is because it's like a total panic attack. So I have, I've never had that reaction to marijuana, but I felt like I've died on like shrooms and that's what like my dad, heavy stuff. That's what my dad said too. He <clears> had <throat> the same feeling because him and I were talking over the phone after that happened, and or my adopted dad, uh, my uncle that raised me, and he said he had the same experience where on LSD, hmm. um, and he it's like you feel like you died, but also figure out the universe at the same time. It's like you understand quantum physics or something mm-hmm. it's the weirdest fucking thing yeah you you really get into it with psilocybin uh mushrooms and i've done i've done lsd and mushrooms all under controlled environments like not necessarily with medical professionals but mm-hmm. planned ahead responsibly like we had somebody who was sober in the area like in the room to help manage us and take mm-hmm. care to of be us your guide yeah basically uh-huh. it's good to have like a it's good to have a coach or a ref that's 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 clear-headed Sober. yeah to know you know if, if you're feeling like your skin is peeling off they make sure you don't actually peel your skin off see and that's why i because i'm so sensitive to thc hmm. i've never done any type of psychedelic ever because i feel like i would be the girl that thought ants were crawling underneath her skin and scratch myself off yeah i Probably a smart decision. Yeah. It's one of those things. I've always done research before I've done any drug mm-hmm. because I want to know what it's going to do to me first. And I want to make sure that it's not going to kill me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, make sure I'm doing the recommended dosages and mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm taking all the proper precautions in order for me to, for it to be a safe experience. Yeah. And the first time I did shrooms, I, I thought I was going to die. I, I, <laughs> I wasn't expecting it uh, to hit as hard as it did. And I don't think I was ready for it. I was also taking shots of tequila. Oh fuck! Yeah, so there was a cross. There was a cross uh, fade going yeah. on. Yeah, um, and 
by all accounts, everybody else had a great time, but I was I was stuck on a chair. I listened to the entire Tool 10,000 Days album <laughs> uh, front to back with my eyes closed. Mm-hmm. Bad idea, because once I opened my eyes, it was a whole different world. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I was a foreigner to the land that I was in yeah. my, my friend's apartment. <laughs> and uh, I, I did everything you weren't supposed to do. I looked in the mirror <laughs> and I said, <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to die. And then I, you know, I threw up, tried throwing up to try to purge, purge. some of it. Yeah. And I remember looking at the toilet and it was like a swirl into hell. And I thought I was dying then. I said, okay, I'm dying now. I'm dying. And then I tried to relax and lay on the couch. And then they put on Super Troopers. And I was terrified of Super Troopers. Now, Super Troopers is a comedy. Yeah. But when I was watching it on Shrooms, it was a fucking horror film. Yeah. And I I couldn't handle it. Like, I kept, like, rolling around trying to cover my head and my ears and try and... You know, I'd look at the wall and the wall would melt. Yeah. And uh, that, that was my first and terrible, worst experience uh-huh. on, on shrooms. And every time after that, I don't know what it was. I just think I was more mentally prepared. I think I was more mentally ready and available to, to handle it. And I've had some of the most eye-opening experiences. Like my, my third eye was squeegeed quite cleanly. Oh, nice. As Bill Hicks would put it, um, <laughs> after I've had those experiences. Yeah, see... I I did smoke weed when I was younger, when I was like a freshman in high school, and those experiences were actually really good. I remember listening to Sergeant Pepper with my sister and on on a cassette in my bedroom, and we were listening to the music, and we we're like, the music's coming out in layers. Yeah. And then I remember like looking at the wallpaper, and I had a picture of Kurt Cobain, of course, and um. It looked like he, and this was just on, on marijuana, but it was fun for me. Yeah. It looked like he, um, he like, you know, looked in one direction, like he kept changing his eye direction. <laughs> and, he's looking at me, you know, he's looking over there. Yeah. And then the other time, uh, my sister and I smoked weed, we were, we were at our house and then we went outside to go sit on the grass and I remember sitting on the grass and thinking we were sitting on top of a forest. Ah, oh, yeah, um, yeah. But then as I got older, then I didn't smoke weed for forever. And then so the next time that I smoked weed, I was like 20 or 20. Uh, yeah, I was 20, I think. Mm-hmm. And it was the horrible fucked up experience. So it's like something in my brain chemistry changed yeah. between, you know, freshman year to being 20. And I just couldn't handle it anymore. I think once you get more responsibilities in life and you become more accountable for other people or at least more accountable for yourself, it's harder to detach. Yeah. It's harder to just kind of let go and enjoy the ride because there's shit to be done. There's shit to be taken care of. And if I'm not there, you get in your head, you overthink. Mm-hmm. I know I suffer from overthinking, mm-hmm. but weed for me kind of helps me not think as much. But for you, I think it has that counteractive uh, effect. Yeah. Well, and also, I think because I've had those bad experiences, it's like a trigger for me mm. to have the bad experience again. Yeah. You so, start feeling it and you're like, oh, here we go again. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. fuck, I don't want to do this. Yeah, you remind me of uh, an experience that I had, my one and only experience on DMT, which is, it's called the guard, God particle. It's something that is actually, it's very, it's natural. Everybody, everybody has it in their brain. It's, oh, it's the thing. It's not dopamine, but it's up, it's up there. It's around that area. Is that the thing that brain. Joe Rogan talks about that when you die, it releases yep. and yep. like, that's, that's, yep. that's okay. That's what you feel. Okay. Uh-huh. 
Um, and th- so it's it's in the same vein of like the ayahuasca where you go mm-hmm. on these, you know, retreats down to South America and they, you have these indigenous peoples uh, brew up this special tea made with ayahuasca root. Mm-hmm. And you're you're you have basically this this out of body experience. And DMT is very similar to that. Mm-hmm. And um, we only had a little bit of it. So I shared it with. Myself and two other friends, mm-hmm. and um, it's a very short-lived reaction. It's kind of like you go into it and you see it, and then you come back out of it. So it's a very momentary lapse, like in, nitrous, in almost. Yes, I almost really, like nitrous. I, I really liked nitrous. It was yeah, so fun. It's pretty fun, but <laughs> yeah, can't do that too often. No, I only really did it once, but I or maybe I did it twice. And my ex and I, we kind of did it all night. And I think we were listening to like Beck or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was really fun. Yeah. Yeah, that that stuff. And what's crazy about nitrous is you can go out to any smoke shop and you can find those things, you know, CO2 cartridges and the the, the Cracker. crackers. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh, yeah, sure. That's for making homemade whipped cream. cream. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. And they're at smoke shops. <laughs> yeah. like, what else are you going to do with these things? <laughs> Um, yeah, those are fun. But so it's similar in the way that it's short-lived like nitrous is. Very much so. Uh-huh. And uh, the way that I experienced it was um, very similar to what you felt when you were sitting on the grass and it thought like it was the forest. Uh-huh. But but something in this chemical compound allowed me to see all of the life cycles of this tree in my backyard from death to life to death again to life over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. It was mind blowing. Like it was one of the coolest things. It felt so, I felt so safe and, and warm. Oh, well, that's good. I did. It, it was a good feeling. It mm-hmm. wasn't like, Oh no, it's dying. It was like, this is reality and I'm in it. Like I felt like I was a part of whatever that life cycle was in that tree. And that representate that vis- that vis- visible representation of the tree dying and coming mm-hmm. back to life over and over again was just like. See, that, cool. I'm glad that you had a good experience because when I had my panic attack earlier in the year with the edible, um, later I found out after kind of like researching and listening to different shit, um, the panic attack that I was having is because. It, it was basically I told you about that theory, the eternal reoccurrence. Mm-hmm. So it's like that's what I was picturing in my brain, mm-hmm. I guess. You're visualizing. Visualizing it. like the end of time and the beginning of time and how you come back and forth. Yeah. And it, it was it was fucked up. Yeah. And it scared the shit out of me. So my experience was not good. Yeah. I was because some people they would be like, oh, Life and death. Yeah, like that's reassuring. And yeah. for me, I was like, no! I don't want to die! <laughs> yeah. So that's the one thing that actually, when I talk to my top, my, okay, so my psychiatrist is my medication brain doctor. Psychologist is the one that you talk to. Right. So when I talked to my psychologist last week, I told her that I'm, you know, I'm really battling with the fear of death and I need to come to you know, grips with that. Mm -hmm. And so that's the one thing that she's going to work with me on. She does that EMDR therapy. Um, And because I have some like traumatic stuff with my, my biological mom dying, Mm -hmm. I think that might be triggering that. Okay. And things are coming up to the surface. Well, because this is why 
first of all, when my son turned five um, and I turned 35, um, my son was the age that I was when my mom died. Oh. So that was really difficult for me because it's like looking in a mirror kind of of like developmentally where I was. Wow. And so that was fucked up. That would fuck with your head. Yeah. And then so... Then I had my 36th birthday, which was fine. We all went out to Oh, lady. We all went out to dinner. It was beautiful and fun. Um, but this year, when I turned 37, I would have out- lady. <laughs> I would have outlived my mom. Oh, wow. So I made a deal with myself when I was 35 that by the time I'm 37, I'm going to be living life to the fullest capacity that I can because my mom didn't get to see 37. Mm. So that's kind of, it's, I think that's why it's, I'm battling with those feelings so much right now. So I'm glad that my therapist is like, we can, you know, we'll get you there. Still get your goal. Yeah. We'll, we'll be okay. Man, 2018 is shaping up to be a really good year for you. I hope so. No, I think so. I think you're setting it up. To make re- really good positive steps in the right direction and to, mm-hmm. to be living your life to the fullest. Yeah, I mean. It'll be fun to see. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. It's, you know, it's definitely been a lot of work. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping that by the time I get there that I'll be, you know, feeling, just feeling better about stuff. You'll get there. Yeah. You're not equipped with the things. You're not, you're, you're very well equipped to handle whatever comes your way. Yeah. And then I'm learning so much about myself you know, through psychiatry and um, psychology. So I'm just, you know, helping the, or hoping that that will help me. Okay. You know? Good. Um, now that we've talked about <laughs> drugs, up and down, no end to drugs <laughs> yeah. and, and the effects that they've had on us. Um, I have this email from, from somebody who's actually a teacher who wants to know about podcasting and, and doing it in his class. Oh. Um, so hopefully we can help him out. And hopefully he doesn't let his kids listen to this because drugs are bad, kids. Yeah, don't do drugs. Yeah. And I did drugs responsibly. Just just make sure you're doing it responsibly if you're going to do it. And you're over 18. Well, it kind of sounds like it. You said you, like, researched all this shit. Yeah, I was a nerd. I I, I was the most nerdiest drug user. And I I never did drugs, like, over and over and over and over and over again. Uh It was just like a, I'm curious about it. I want to try it. And I'm done. Like well, it was it was never a I'm going to binge on on LSD now. Yeah, and you said before in conversation, I don't know if you said this on the podcast or wherever the fuck you said it. Um but you didn't really do drugs when you were a teenager or in high school. Like it was much after, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and I I have my my parents to thank for that mostly because they instilled the fear of God in me that I didn't want to get in trouble. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, once I turned 18, all, all bets were off, but I was still pretty responsible for, for an 18 year old because I, I, I had to make sure I was, I was home safely. I had to make sure that I was taking care of my business. Like mm-hmm. I had bills to pay yeah. after 18, I, I pretty much moved out yeah. and, and had responsibilities um, you know, I, I went I went overboard with alcohol because it's easier to do that with alcohol because it's, it's not as a controlled substance and it's easier to get. Well, it's socially acceptable. Too. Totally, totally. And and so I, you know, I was very irresponsible with it and I learned my lessons. Um, but, you know, with, with drugs, I, I guess I respected them more and I respected what they did to me because it's a little bit more serious. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Looking back now, alcohol is just as serious. Um, yes. But in the in the moment, I... 
I treated it with more respect than I did alcohol. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's why I benefited more from those experiences than with alcohol. All right. So let me uh, get to William's email. He's a sixth grade teacher. He says, oh. dear producers, I am a teacher and want to start a podcast for my class. I have already found that it is a great way for students to work on writing, communication, organization, etc. So true. But I think it would be a great way to give my students a voice in a society that doesn't always take that take what children say seriously. The thing I am emailing about is the technology side of podcasting. Now, this is going to be super fun. <laughs> I'm going to try to keep it as interesting as possible. All right. But let me do my best. He says, my school does not have a lot of extra funds, so I'm looking for a cost-effective route. I've been doing a lot of research to make this work, but I'm still weary on what I would truly need. Our class has podcast outlines to write our episodes. I have downloaded a few simple apps that the students can use to record their episodes, but I'm wanting them to get as close to the real experience as possible. I am turning to you in hopes that you'll have some suggestions for equipment, apps, and production software that will give my class the best chance to excite students and draw in our school community to listen. I know that you are very busy with the Rad Show. Eh, not really. Your <laughs> podcast, nah, definitely not busy with this. <laughs> and individual lives. Well, yeah, we are pretty busy. So thank you for getting, uh, thank you for taking this email into considerations. Best wishes, Will. So, Will, I have done some research for you. Um, unfortunately, I can't tell you that our setup is going to be the most feasible because Rob paid a lot of money for our equipment here. Yeah. And he does pay all the bills for our uh, our. Um, Hosting abilities. Uh, but what I can say is there are a lot of cost-effective ways to, uh, to to go about this. And e- easy is going to Amazon. I, I looked I've, – I've kind of like been doing a lot of research for this um, on my own prior to us doing the podcast. So um, some good ways to start are finding podcast kits. And if you just Google search or Amazon search podcast kits, it'll come uh, with, complete with like a mixing board, uh, headphones – a microphone, and uh, the software that you need in order to edit it all together and make, like, the MP3 file that you need to upload. Oh, I didn't know they made those. How Are they expensive? Or are they They're not reasonable? too expensive. They're reasonable. And he, he did mention that the school doesn't have a lot of resources, but, I mean, and I know pay, teachers don't get paid very well, but if there's a way you can, like, go Dutch on, on some sort of stuff, I mean, the one kit that i'm looking at right now it's a behringer podcast studio usb and that's not a bad brand it's 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 a good way to get started um it's a good way for your your kids to get familiar with software and, and the hardware it's only 100 bucks oh that's not too bad they, you go up to 200 bucks and you get just a little bit more better quality uh microphone better quality uh software um but to get the equipment that you need, I would go with that. You, you, what you need is you need a computer, obviously, uh, compatible to have a um, a preamp, which is just a it plugs in through the USB port um, that allows you to plug in your um, your microphone. This thing, because you need an amp to 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 be projected into your computer to take that audio and turn it into di- digital data. Um, a microphone, headphones. Mm-hmm. And uh, most of these things come with a mixing board, so I would I would start there to get the the podcast kit, um, and make sure you have a computer that's capable of of recording that. And you can find all that those specs in with the the podcast kits. Um, and if you want to host the podcast, there are plenty of places that you can do it for free. Um, 
one of the places that I looked up, just a quick Google search for podcast hosting, um, I found a place called Podbean, Pod, P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Um, they do hosting for free. Now, they might they might limit you to a certain amount of episodes that you have, and if you pay a little extra, then you can post more, mm. um, more time, more content, that kind of thing. So you might be limited to a certain amount, but this is a good way to start. And yeah. I, I think... Um, the more you do, the more research you do, and it sounds like you have done it already, um, you'll find that it's very easy and, and simple. It's you just sign up with an email account or something, um, into one of these free hosting services and you give yourself the, the, the Will's classroom podcast title or whatever, and it'll be available up there for everybody's share. Um, so I hope that helped and I hope that was still interesting and not too boring, but no, that was fine. Um, the, yeah, podcast kit is what you want to search for in order to get the equipment you need. Um, software, I would recommend if you have the funds, and I know that they offer discounts for classrooms and students. Adobe Audition, that's what I use um, to do most of my audio production. That's what I'm recording on right now. Um, Audition is is a cheap monthly cost. You don't have to buy it all out. Like it, sometimes you buy these software uh, applications, they're like three hundred, four hundred bucks for these nice audio production suites. But for Adobe Audition, you only pay like twenty bucks a month, um, and you can end it any time. So you say twenty bucks a month uh, to the school board or out of your own pocket for your classroom. You write it off. Where, what do you write off? I don't know. You just write it off. Um, who <laughs> yeah. writes it off? I don't know. They write it off. Um, you know, six months or eight months, however, however long you want to do the class, that's for however long. And then you can re-up your your subscription to that that software there. Um, Sony SoundForge is another one I use um, for audio recording. Uh, I think that that covers the gamut for like the the apps and the software. But you just want to be able to uh, host that up on a on a free site like Podbean or SoundCloud, um, and then you can share that stuff with iTunes. And you get you get into the weeds more once you start distributing it through other platforms. Um, but it just sounds like you just wanted to do the basics and get started. So, how do you feel? Because I know you know we use Adobe Audition for our editing. Um, but I know that there are people out there just in case he happens to already be a Mac person. Hmm. I know that there are people that use that GarageBand um, for audio editing that's fairly user-friendly. Do you like GarageBand or you like Audition better? Um, GarageBand is a good uh, – it's good for the basics. Oh, okay. I feel like it's a little limiting for the stuff that I do and the stuff that I like to do. Mm-hmm. I feel like I don't have as much control – um, over certain little things. Mm-hmm. It's a good way to start. If he does have an iPad or, or a Mac at, in the building, GarageBand will definitely get you where you need to be. For the basics. Yeah, to get yeah. started, to be able to record audio, to be able to record your podcast and then uh, export it and then upload it to a to a, to a a sharing site. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a great suggestion. If you already have that and it's already pre-built in, that's a good way to start. Um, I hope that helps. And if you do end up doing a podcast, send us the link to yeah, it. I would love, know. I would love to hear what uh, your class comes up with, especially since, um, you're listening to us. So there, there might be some influence of what we're doing in it. So that'd be cool to hear. Well, and it'd be good for me to know what kids really talk about because my kids don't tell me everything. So I want to <laughs> yeah. know. I need the yeah. inside. There you go. 
All right. Uh, this next email has uh, got a, another podcast suggestion for you, Amanda. Ooh. This comes from Garrett. Uh, he says, Amanda. Yes. Podcast. Yes. Listen to the hilarious world of depression. <gasps> like now. Oh, dude. That is so fucking crazy. Garrett. So fucking crazy. This isn't news to her. I No, 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 no. It. I literally just listened to that for the very, very first time last night. And I listened to um, Will Wheaton's episode. Will Wheaton? Will Wheaton. Uh, and it was amazing. Uh, I, I absolutely love that podcast. I thought it was great. Nice. Okay. So, Garrett, you're already, uh, you're, you're like sending it telepathically. Yeah. Man. That's so crazy. Yeah. This came out. This We got this email weeks ago, too. So, um, yeah. And awesome. I, just, I just happened to be looking for, I was caught up in all my stuff that I possibly wanted to listen to. And uh, I listened to that, and it was great. It was great. Garrett says it's awesome and possibly life-changing. Is it life-changing? Has it changed your life yet? Mm, I don't know about life-changing, but it is really cool. It's got the potential. Yeah, it's it's cool to listen to people that are battling depression that you maybe look up to. Like, I totally look up to Will Wheaton and uh, listening to how he struggled with it. Okay. Uh, Depression and he has, like, generalized anxiety disorder. And I I think it's good to listen to that type of stuff, especially, you know, because there is such a stigma against uh, depression and anxiety and all all mental illnesses. So it's, it's nice to listen to people that you look up to. Talk about it in a way that you can relate to. And he also he goes on to say, also, I love Hello from the Magic Tavern. Never heard of that one. Mm, write that down. Although I doubt you guys will enjoy it. It's like a fully improvised comedy. Oh, okay. So I, I don't like, I, I love sketch improv comedy. Mm-hmm. Like, Whose Line Is It Anyway? One of the best love. shows. On, yeah. But it can only be done, it, it's only funny when it's done right. And, yes. you know, Ryan Stiles and all those other guys are absolutely amazing at it. But yes. Amateur, am, uh, uh, yeah. Amateur improv stuff. I I just can't do it. Yeah, it's not funny to me. Uh, so we might not like that. But he says I listened to the Nerdist uh, for a while, but it got pretty old fast. Yet I was still stoked to hear Amanda liked it. Uh, hostful episodes are what I live for. Hostful. Uh, yeah, they do. They do these uh, episodes of just the hosts where they talk about stuff on the Nerdist. So it's. Oh. Uh, Chris Hardwick and Matt, whatever the fuck his name is, and the so other it's like a do. subsect of the Nerdist podcast. It well, no, it's just a so segment. It's just, it's just like if well, it's kind of like what we're doing, to be honest with you. So oh, it's okay. like if the hosts just talked to, because the Nerdist is an interview; they interview different celebrities. Um, but then the hostful episodes, it's just the hosts talking, and they don't have an interview person. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right, let's wrap it up with this one, uh, because we are heading off to our holiday vacation. You, I finally got my tree. You did? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Did you, did you, did you go to Bambi's? I did go to Bambi's. Wasn't Bambi's great? It was fucking amazing. I told you. And I got this tree. So I normally go with the Douglas fir, but they had this really beautiful tree and it was called a Fraser and it's from Canada. It's beautiful. eh? Yeah. Fraser crane, eh? Yeah. So, yeah, I went there um, and I didn't realize that the one lot that I had gone to before um, back in the day, it's on it's on Sunrise and Oak, kind of by the vet hospital there. Um, It's totally closed down. I don't know why. And then on there they had the sign for Bambi's. So I think that was like a remote location of Bambi's on on that lot. 
it says we have locations in Roseville and Folsom now. Gotcha. Okay. So, so they probably just had that branch. <laughs> yeah. Get it? <laughs> yeah. Let's see what you did there. So, yeah, um, I went there and it was amazing. Cool. I'm glad that you got it. And I'm glad that uh, my review was correct. Yes. All right. This last one comes from Josh. He says, I was listening to Brandon talking about going somewhere tropical for Christmas, and I have a suggestion. Good, because I haven't made my plans for where I'm going to go yet. Not likely I'm going to go somewhere tropical, but let's just hear what he has to say. Yes. Have you considered going to Bermuda? It's an amazingly beautiful island. The food is great, and the locals are super friendly. Highly recommend going to a place called the Swizzle Inn. I went there on a <laughs> business trip, and the lemon sole was incredible. Love the podcast. Keep up the good work, you too. Um yeah, we're we're planning on like uh, maybe Belize. We're talking about. Oh, my parents went there once. Did they like it? Yes. We're talking about the Caribbean. We're talking about uh, Puerto Rico. Um, well, but the problem with all these places down in that area is they've been hit pretty hard by hurricanes, yeah, right? Irma yeah. and and Harvey and all those. And it, so it kind of shortens our list on where we're going to go, um, tropical. Mm-hmm. wise so but during this holiday break i think we're just going to stay local save some money because if, if we're going to do a trip it's going to be a big one like mm-hmm. like a belize or the maldives or new zealand and the all of these involve hours and hours multiple days almost of traveling just mm-hmm. to get to destination yeah and with our work schedule we only get like a one week at a time mm-hmm. fortunately this time this holiday break amanda you're kind enough to allow me to take both weeks um, yes which is amazing because i've never had two full weeks off before i think the last time i had two full weeks off my mom died so Mm -hmm. it wasn't like and she was kind enough to die on a vacation so i was so i was able to you know yeah i was able to just kind of you know enjoy those two weeks uh morning but now this is my first full-blown two weeks vacation and i I think i'm just gonna stick around i think i'm gonna go to tahoe and and san francisco Francisco. and just just do the maybe the local circuit yeah maybe i don't really drink i'm not drinking wine oh yeah duh but, Hello, Amanda. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, we, we'll probably drive through Napa if we're going to go up to the coast, up to, like, Mendocino or mm-hmm. or a Monterey or something. We'll drive through there because it's nice. It's beautiful. Um, you can always go up to Humboldt and get that weed. Yeah, yeah. But my weed guy's in South Lake Tahoe. Oh. I'm giving away too much now. Oh, um, damn. Well, uh, I think that'll do it for our last podcast of 2018. Yeah. Or oh 2017. 2017. Holy shit. This is our... Last podcast of 2017. I can't believe it. It went by so fast. <laughs> Even though we've only been doing it for eight, eight nine weeks now. Well, this would like be that. our ninth, ninth one. one. Yeah. Yeah. Ninth one. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, happy new year. Happy holidays. Hope you had a good Christmas. And uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. Namaste, fuckers. Bye. The Rad 